Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I've got a fantastic guest for you today, but real quick before we get to them, I have to tell you about Certified Piedmontese because this is a brand I am so excited about. In fact, I will never forget the first time I had Certified Piedmontese. The crown jewel of my initial visit to Casa Bovina was a beautiful rib cap that was so lean and tender, it was almost silky in texture. The moment that beef hit my taste buds, I was hooked. These animals are raised all natural on a network of family ranches across the Midwest, so Certified Piedmontese is able to cut out the middleman and buy directly from the source. And while I highly encourage you to check out Casa Bovina, you can savor this beef at home, too. Whether you order off Piedmontese.com or by calling one 800 414-3487, your purchase will be shipped directly to your front door. Plus, when you use my discount code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, you get 25% off your order. How can you beat that? So what are you waiting for? Get some steaks, burgers, bacon, or other meats and experience the certified Piedmontese difference for yourself today. And now, to my guest. Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another live episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. We are coming at you from Herdat Sports Bar. We have a fantastic live audience here, and I have three fantastic gentlemen that I cannot wait to introduce to you. So in the mid to late 2000s, there was a trend that started to sweep the country. All of a sudden, food trucks were just popping up everywhere, and it, it was just like, it was almost an epidemic that you would just be driving along and you would just see trucks parked along the side of the street and they were selling food and Americans could not get enough of it. The food industry has, or food truck industry, excuse me, has absolutely blown up today to the fact that there are more than 36,000 food trucks in America right now. I have three men sitting next to me who have contributed to that movement. We've got John Stastny of Wonton John's. Colin Atkinson of Moots Pizzeria and Rolando Balades of Alley Taco 402. Guys, thank you so much for coming out and making it happen tonight. Thanks. So I would love tonight to start off with just a quick introduction for you guys. So if we could go down the line here, just introduce yourself, introduce your truck, uh, and just uh, what type of food you serve. Just anything that you want to say about your truck that you think people should know. John? Go ahead. I'm John Stastny, uh, owner of Wonton John's. We started the food truck uh, in 2020, like right at the beginning of COVID, March 1st, 2020, actually. So uh, it was an interesting time to start the food truck. So this will be our fourth, well, this is our fourth season with the food truck. And we just opened up a brick and mortar in Benson uh, two months ago, right off of 61st Maple. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm Colin Atkinson, uh, owner and chef of Moots Pizza. Um, same kind of story, uh, started around COVID times. Uh, I had a, a link in my bio where you could order pizza and I hired a couple of delivery boys and paid them to, uh, deliver pizzas all around the city, which then led to, uh, me buying a food truck. And, uh, now I'm currently in a brick and Morty that, uh, I just opened August 1st. So, uh, super exciting times to, uh, you know, be in the restaurant business and, uh, be making pizza. Over in Countryside Village, right by Westside yep. High yep. School. That's where you calling. Yep. Uh, my name is Rolando Valadez. Um, I'm from South Omaha. I have Alley Taco 402 is the food truck I have. Um, honestly, I've been in the food industry since helping my father. He had a Mexican restaurant since uh, he started selling back in 94 as a fundraiser for his church. Once he was finished with that, he started his restaurant. And 
I was there helping to make tacos and chiladas, the ones that you guys are tasting right now. This is what we use for fundraisers for our church as well. Um, and yeah, just, just doing tacos, enchiladas, tortas, most of the street food that you are known to like and enjoy from Mexican street culture is, is kind of what we do. And we've been making the same recipe since I've been a kid and everything stays the same. There's something that's just kind of oddly magnetic about a food truck. Like for some reason, there's something fun about just walking up to a truck and ordering through a window, getting your food, and then just like sitting and eating. I can't, I don't really know how to put my finger on why that's so much fun, but obviously, you know, I read off some of the stats and I'll have more stats later, but Americans can't get enough of food trucks to you guys. What, what is it about food trucks? that has like that magnetic quality that just brings people in. I think for, for me personally is the, that human connection, um, people coming up, talking to you, um, having a more personable approach as, as, you know, usually get a waitress and things like that. But with us, it's the owners. Usually my dad would always come out and talk to the people. I got used to doing that as well. That's part of the things that I enjoy is talking with the cu- the clients and the customers and seeing what they think and what they like and hearing about them and what they got going on today. And then the next week I see them sometimes again. Some people got a different haircut. Some things happen in their family and we're like, oh, I recognize you. And I just like building relationships. And I, I would say for me, um, you know, pizza originated as a street food. And uh, it's one of those things where you're kind of just stumbling down the street and, you know, you, you grab a slice. And uh, for me, it was, you know, I really wanted to bring pizza back to the streets. And, uh, you know, the food truck is obviously a great outlet for that. So. Yeah, for sure. And our, our, for us, it's more of a, I started the food truck to do music festivals. So I always cooked burritos and things like that and sold them in the campgrounds at music festivals. And that's kind of how I uh, got the idea to even start a food truck. And so for us, we're usually do, doing events and things like that. So we work a lot of concerts and corporate events and things where people are already out having fun, um, you know, doing different things. And that's what our food is designed for. So you can walk around and enjoy it without having, you know, silverware, things like that. And so um, it's kind of a different atmosphere than like a restaurant, you know what I mean? So, um, people are, you know, usually there's music, things like that. And so it's just more enjoyable experience, uh, a little bit different than, you know, your traditional like brick and mortar experience. So John, you just touched on this, but, uh, Colin and Rolando, I'd love to get your thoughts on this, especially cause you guys both come from a more traditional brick and mortar restaurant background. What was it about food trucks that got you guys interested in opening your own truck? For me, it's uh, honestly, uh, it started since I was a kid and getting taken for vacation in Mexico. Um, some of y'all that have been up there, you know, you see the people cooking in the street. Um, I always enjoyed going to the to the pueblo, to the city where we're from in Mexico. We're from a small town, like a very small town, 300 people. So for us to get a taste of the city, we would drive to that place. We would see the cooks outside making tacos. My dad would know some of them. Some of them would know some of the people in the neighborhood. And we'd just sit there, have a drink, and have some tacos. And I just was used to that. So when we came back over here, um, when my dad was doing things over here at least, um, he just started doing that as well. And I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed the atmosphere. To me, it's like I'm going to go get to hang out with people I'm cool with and I like seeing. And the added cherry on top is the fact that I could cook for you guys. Like, that's my thing. So it's like me going to hang out with my friends. Uh, I, I would say for me, opening the food truck was just more of uh, a way to get a foot in the game. 
and uh, kind of establish myself and uh, and build a following. And uh, I, I'm I'm glad that I actually opened the the food truck prior to the restaurant because I gained a lot of knowledge, um, you know, and gained a lot of fans. So that when I opened the brick and mortar, it wasn't this you know strange idea or uh, completely new, just kind of thrown into the game. Uh, so I think you know starting with the food truck was definitely nice. Um, it also helped me hash out, uh, you know, my website and my catering business. And I know a lot of people kind of do it vice versa where they open the restaurant and then go to catering. So it's nice that, uh, now we're into the restaurant. Uh, we have a lot of the other, you know, food truck catering things, uh, just a lot of other business things, uh, kind of hashed out. So we're a little more familiar with it. So. So just so you guys know, Alley Taco 402 is in the process of working on a brick and mortar. We're not we're not putting a set date on that no. yet, but definitely follow this guy, uh, Alley Taco 402 on Instagram. You you can get updates, see when that opens. That's very exciting. Yes, Colin and John, you guys are are newcomers, but you are a part of the brick and mortar restaurant community here in Omaha now. So I'd love to just get your thoughts. What are some of the pros and cons? to brick and mortar versus food truck that you've experienced here in the first weeks and months of your businesses? Um, so the, the pros, I guess, of having a brick and mortar is having that set location with set hours that people know when you're going to be open. They can come, um, you know, on a daily basis. We definitely have regulars already that come into the shop uh, quite a bit, uh, which, is, which is nice to have. Um, it, it's nice to have my own prep space and have everything that we need right there versus the food truck where, you know, you have to go with what you need. And if you forgot something or you run out of something, you're, you know, that's it, you're done. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a lot less hectic um, than the food truck. Uh, however, there's a lot of other things that come along with it, like more overhead, uh, more staffing, more training, a lot of different things like that. Whereas like with the food truck, um, you know, I was doing 99% of the cooking myself and I'd have everything ready on the food truck. So I really just needed somebody to help me run the register and, um, you know, maybe help me put out wontons. Um, whereas now, you know, we have a full staff that we're trying to train. So that brings its different challenges and you have to, um, you know, make sure you're ordering enough food for the week. Whereas like with the food truck, it was more just grab what we need from restaurant depot that day, uh, Costco, whatever. But when you're, open all day you can't leave and go to the store so you know you kind of have to do a lot more planning with the brick and mortar so uh yeah bo both of them have their pros and cons for sure yeah i think john just hit it on the head um like totally right uh i mean with the food truck i i used to go out and uh you know one of the cons is i guess i would always sell out because uh the volume that i could do on the truck i'm just uh you know confined to so much um, and now with the, the restaurant, I work, you know, a lot less harder, um, you know, and I can produce a lot more. And like you said, now you have payroll, a lot more other people to look out for and train. And, um, it, it is crazy because when I ran the food truck, I would do everything, you know, I was the cashier, I'd make the pizza, um, and then I'd close up shop and I'd go home. That was pretty much it for me. Um, but I will say, um, you know, even just the cost of, uh, running the food truck is a lot cheaper you know, to run my generator, it's only a couple dollars in gas. And then uh, for propane, it's, it's super cheap. And obviously just uh, the cost of running a restaurant daily can be a lot more with labor and uh, utilities and whatnot. So, and it's a lot of those things that kind of go, you know, they don't, they don't think about a lot of those things. But uh, I will say the, the pros definitely outweigh the cons, I would say. 
Something that I find fascinating about your two restaurants is you guys both created restaurants that have open kitchens. So if somebody comes into Moots, they're going to see you assembling the pizzas and then putting them in the oven, taking them out, checking them, putting them back in. They're going to see you and Kevin on the line making burritos, making Philly cheesesteaks. Was that intentional? Because, you know, like Rolando was talking about, you kind of, on a food truck, you have that interaction with a customer where they can see you cook and you can talk to them and, you know, kind of have that back and forth. Was that intentional as you guys built your restaurants or is it kind of a happy mistake? For for me, no, it wasn't intentional. I just took over a space and that's where the hood was at. And, you know, unless I built a wall that worked in a little <laughs> closet, I think it'd be a lot hotter. So it's definitely nice to have that interaction. Although sometimes it would be nice to have a little kitchen to hide out into, but you know, cause you got the, you know, when you're in an open kitchen, you have to be on all the time. Right. So uh, it does get a little tiring, but it's nice to have that interaction, you know, and inter- interact with the with the customers on a regular basis and see who the regulars are and things like that. Whereas, you know, if I was stuck in the back cooking, I'd have no idea who was out there. I'd just be making food and sending it out. So um, it's definitely a, a huge benefit to have the open kitchen. I would say it was, it was definitely intentional for me. Um, I, I love having the open kitchen. Uh, we have a lot of cool stuff to display. Um, and for me, it's, we, we only use the highest quality, only the finest ingredients, you know, there's nothing to hide. Um, so, you know, let's showcase everything. Let's show everybody. Um, you know, and sometimes like some people say, it's not a fashion show and it's like, it, it definitely is. Uh, we want to come out and be the best. Let's look the sharpest. Let's have the, you know, let's present ourselves, uh, as the best. Um, so the show kitchen is definitely, um, you know, it's a great part of the show. And I think it's part of the reason why people like coming in is, uh, they can see their pizza getting made. Uh, there's there's no behind the scenes of stuff that you didn't see. Um, you know, it's full transparency with our uh, guest. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's what we like is just honesty, I guess. All right. Now, I hope with this question I don't give any of you guys PTSD here. But I want to hear about your first experience on your food trucks. So what when you think of the first time that you sold on the truck, what pops to the front of your mind? What What memory sticks out? I remember first time for us, um, I told my dad, so I opened the truck after my dad had passed. We were supposed to open it before, but, um, for after is when I did. And I remember prior to him passing right before we were about to open back then, he was just telling me, Hey son, just remember some days are going to be slow. Don't give up. Some periods are going to be slow. You might have a lot of good sales for a good month and it's just going to be dead for the next month. Don't let that discourage you. Just keep opening up. No matter what, just keep opening up. And I would tell him, being the uh, rebellious kid, I'd be like, I don't know, Dad. I think, I'm, I think I might sell out that first day. You know, I'm, I'm doing pretty good promoting. I'm pretty good online and social media because I was all into that type of stuff. Um, and you know what? The, the day came. Um, it was a little bit after he had passed, and we decided to do it. We promoted, we, cause I used to do music as well. So I approached it in the music way. You know, I made a flyer. I did, I hit up all my buddies that was in music and I told them, Hey, I'm starting my truck. This is the day we open up. And I just let word just spread that way. Um, and it, amazingly, yes, the first day I, I sold out, um, and it was very busy and it was bittersweet and it was, it was crazy. I just, I, it's, it's almost like I spoke it into existence and, you know, it, it made me 
get that confidence, that extra confidence and that extra push and motivation that I needed to to get that ball rolling. Um, and from that day forward, whether I was sold out or I had one customer, I was like, cool, I'm happy with what I get. And that's how I do it. Just every every time I do, I'm happy with what I get. Uh, I remember for me, it was it was funny. I um I wasn't even really sure where I was gonna park, um, and I kind of live in the Exarban area, and uh, I remember just you know putting the keys in, and I was fully prepped, had everything I needed, and I kind of just rolled down the street, and I found a good spot like next to the dog park, and uh, you know it was just funny. I was like, I think I'll just post up here, you know, and then put out my pizza sign. And uh, just kind of waited, and uh, yeah, kind of same thing. I just got slammed, uh, completely sold out, and uh, yeah, once again, it's just like completely overwhelming. And uh, you know, it's like, okay, I think this is gonna work out. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought it was funny because you know, there's a lot of things that you, you know you think like, where should I park? You know, all these little details. And I thought it was funny because I just you know found a random spot. And uh, it kind of became my home for like the next two years, that same spot. So uh, that's usually where people would find me is down in Exarban, kind of by the dog park. And uh, yeah, not too much thought went into the spot, but I kind of just rolled down there and started selling pizza. So uh, for me, I, I started doing pop-ups before I did the food truck at like breweries and stuff. So, um, you know, th- those were pretty crazy. We had some really long lines and there was a lot of learning um there so when I start when I got the food truck I thought I kind of already had it figured out and then the first day of the food truck um we were at Barrios um and uh we had a we had a big line of people we've been promoting it for a while and super excited and then my water my water heater sprung a leak and hit my electrical panel and then like the electrical went out and then so I learned how to you know be electrician mechanic whatever you know so that, that that's part of owning a food truck is For sure. now you're suddenly wearing a lot of different hats and I had to figure it out real quick. But so, uh, we got figured out, we got opened up, it ended up being good. And, uh, you know, I didn't really have a chance to like take it in, but it was, uh, it was a good day afterwards. I took it in a little bit, but well, well, tell me a little bit more about that because yeah, as a food truck owner, you, you've got to learn skills on the fly. You've got to learn you know, if you've got a fire, how to put it out. If, if there's an electrical problem, you've got to figure that out. If the truck breaks down or you have to replace a tire, you have to, all of a sudden you're a mechanic. Like, how, how do you, do you teach yourself these skills beforehand? Or are you just like in the moment? Are you just getting on YouTube and saying how to fix, you know, electrical problem X? Like, how do you learn these skills? A lot, a lot of both. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like flipped a couple of houses and stuff, so I was fairly handy. Uh, but I wouldn't consider myself like a mechanic by any means or an electrician or whatever else, a plumber, um, all the different things. And so, yeah, a lot of Googling, a lot of YouTube and, um, you know, on the fly, just kind of trying to figure it out. You know, we had a festival one time where same thing happened, um, right before the festival, uh, we were about to get our health inspection and the water heater started shooting out water. And so we didn't have running water, which if you don't have running water, you're not going to pass your health inspection. And so luckily I had a backup water heater. Kevin, my manager, like ran and grabbed the water heater from the shop, came back and I had to change it out real quick before we could get it, you know, before we got our health inspection, like five minutes before the festival started. So then we had to get ready and set up after that. So it's just a lot of that on the fly, figuring nice. it out, whatever you got to do. Nice easy day at the office there. Yeah. Not standard, standard, operation. standard operation. That's what was like what happened to me with the air, with the uh, heater. It started, it stopped running 
hot water altogether right the day of inspection. And I was like, oh, dang. And it was like an hour before it's supposed to happen. And I'm trying to find the extra one, too, because we had an extra one. I couldn't find it either. I have never done any plumbing. And I'm over here Googling the model, trying to find the handbook, trying to call the hotline. And I'm like, oh, man, what am I going to do? And I just YouTube some things. And I was like, you know what? I, I, I wonder if it's empty. And I checked it. I filled it up, let it run a little bit. Last 20 minutes before the inspector came, it started running. Then the inspector calls and he's like, hey, I'm going to be late a little bit. So, and it, everything worked out. It's, it's crazy how it just thing after thing. And then at the end, just works out. Nice. Yeah. And I guess I'll, I'll touch on that real quick too. Uh, I guess, you know, as a leader of any business, I feel like you should know the ins of out and outs of, of every aspect of your business, whether it's the electrical, um, you know, the POS system, if it's, you know, how to make the That's pizza. point of sale, not oh, yeah, another acronym that one might know. But yeah. Yeah. See, it's, it kind of stands on that. Too. Yeah. It can go either way. <laughs> right. Uh, but, yeah, I guess, like, if, you know, if you're at the highest uh, top of the, you know, you're the leader, um, you know, you should know every in and out. Uh, just in case something does go wrong, you're the guy they're going to turn to, so you need to have the answers as well. Um, and, yeah, I will say I've learned a lot, you know, about being an electrician, you know, and all the other aspects. And I, I feel like it, it really sets you up for, you know, anything in the world where it's like you have an electrical issue, you have a plumbing issue, um, you know, a technology or Wi-Fi issue. It's like you're the jack of all trades. So, uh, you know, it's very, you know, good uh, skill to have, I guess. So I want to hit on real quick some of the less public aspects of food truck life, because I think a lot of people, you know, go to a food truck festival or a concert and it's, you know, just super fun. Seems like everybody's having a great time. And, and people, you know, watch the movie Chef with John Favreau, which is a movie that I love, but it's it leans pretty heavily on the positive side of things. Like they pretty much turn over a food truck in one day, have it open and like earn instant success. I would love for you guys to pull back the curtain and whether this is something that's positive, something negative, however, whatever direction you want to take it, what is something that you think people in this room, people who are watching or listening, don't understand about food trucks that you would just love for them to have a better sense of? Uh, I guess I would say if you're not passionate, it's not going to work out. Um, for me, you know, everything just came naturally and it like it doesn't really seem as much as like work. Um, you know, with opening the brick and mortar, I'm there a lot, but I spring out of bed because, you know, the future is bright and there's something to look forward to. Um, so I feel like a lot of these like, you know, issues or, you know, negative thoughts, um, I don't really let them affect me at all and, and just stay as positive. Um, and I guess, you know, day by day is uh, self-improvement. And if you just keep the self-improvement day by day, you know, you'll stop and look around eventually and say like, hey, I actually made it. We're here now. So, uh, um, you know, there are a lot of like negative things, I guess, that happen. Um, but I think, you know, any failure is just great, um, uh, like lessons and, uh, you know, it makes us better cooks or, you know, food truck uh, owners. And uh, so um, I will say like all the things thrown at me or all the curveballs um you know down the line uh I, i'm really uh thankful for all the curveballs and you know stuff that has gone wrong so for me it's mostly yeah for me it's mostly like i don't know if you guys have like kids or anything but i have two daughters one's in high school one's 
uh, goes to St. Peter and Paul. So it's, it's small and it's it's the the time commitment. You know, it's I, I grew up with my father doing the restaurant business. Um, luckily, he had me involved in it since I was like eight years old. I was cleaning the stoves for him, um, cleaning out in beef intestines back then. We beef intestines back then, Nebraska beef didn't clean them out. I would have to put the hose inside the beef, the intestine, and we just clean them out ourselves. And there's a whole process for that, you know, but it's, it's, it's something that he had to do in order for me to keep me around him closer. So I started noticing, uh, you know, that I was spending a lot of time in the truck trying to build this up um, because at the end of the day, everything I'm doing, while I, I, I want to enjoy a lot of this, it's mostly I always tell myself, hey, just understand you're doing this so that when you're gone, they're good. That's the main point for me. So anytime I'm taking a lot of time away from them, I at least try to have, like, for for instance, today, my, my 16-year-old daughter is the one that helped me bring in all the food. I brought her with me just so she could be around this. You know what I mean? And if I could show her something, at least, and, and time's taken away from them, at least I could show them work ethic, being dependable, keeping your word, and, and showing up every time you have to. And, you know, so it's a, it, you take and you give, you know what I mean? But that's one of the negative things that, the time away from the family. So I try to make the family involved as much as possible without restricting their freedom to want to do their own things as well, you know. For sure, yeah. I don't know how anyone with kids does it because I, I don't have enough time as it is to do anything, it seems like. So you make time to you. Yeah, it matters. <laughs> For sure. Uh, but, yeah, it's a, it's a time commitment. And like you said, you know, you, you have to be passionate about it. Otherwise, it's not going to work because there's a lot of times where you just want to give up. Um, you know, it's uh, it's it's hard. It's And, again, it's just time away from the people you care about. Uh, puts a lot of strain on your relationships. You know, it's it, it's tough financially. Um, you know, uh, the, you, you just have to make ends meet, especially with the food truck season. Uh, in Omaha, you know, it's it's nine months out of the year, so you really have to grind that nine months mm-hmm. to make sure you can make it through the next three or whatever. Um, and then if you have goals on top of that, like opening a brick and mortar or anything like that, um, you know, there's a lot of stress that, that comes along with it. You know, pe- people think, you know, outside looking in, oh, man, it'd be so fun to run a food truck. And it is like there's a lot of fun to it, um, but there's a lot that goes into it in terms of uh, commitment for sure. And you mentioned the financials. I, I wanted to hit on that because I think I certainly didn't understand this until I started doing some of the research. So startup costs for food trucks on average range between seventy five and two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Food truck owners spend an average of twenty eight thousand dollars in the first year on permits, licenses and ongoing legal compliance. I mean, yes, it's less expensive than a brick and mortar in a lot of ways, but it's not as easy as just turning the keys and saying, let's go. In fact, 40% of food trucks are still in business after three years. So lots of failure, lots of places closing. You guys have all surpassed that three-year mark in business. What do you think are some of the the stumbling blocks for food trucks that don't make it? And what, what is it about your businesses that you think allowed you to overcome those things? Consistency, I would say on my end. And in general, I feel like consistency is 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 something you have to have you know you gotta strive to make sure your your stuff is always on point um like he says presentation like i'm super big on that too um it might sound as simple as like oh it's just a taco it's just super fries like no well 
I have a set, the way I put the dressing on there, the pattern that I put the cilantro first and then the onions on top so that the green makes the white pop out more. You know what I mean? How I put it on the plate so that when you receive it, you got your your thing, your your tacos lined up nicely with your limes on one side and your salsa. So when you look at it, you're like, all right, cool. You know, like something like that. Like to me, like details. I like to pay attention to details. Yeah, th- that, that's a great point. And I think, uh, you know, another part of it is uh, is marketing. And I've noticed like a lot of people you know, really great chefs, you know, they have a pop-up or an idea that they want to execute, but their issue is they just don't know how to market properly. Um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, uh, I got my following and kind of started uh, mainly off Instagram. I've I've got a little over 4,000 followers on there now, and uh, that's a lot of where my uh, business came from. And I always tell cooks and chefs, you know, if you're posting on these social media platforms, make sure that you're monetizing it and directing this traffic either towards your website or towards a way that you're making money instead of this, uh, you know, just maybe getting a like or a share, which which is always good for spreading word. But uh, make sure that you're capitalizing on, you know, some of the stuff that you're doing. Um, you know, even this is, you know, a great opportunity for spreading the word. And, um, you know, I think that that's part of it is just... Uh, getting reach and uh, uh, word of mouth and even just the way things uh, are nowadays, you know, there's so many people on social media, um, you know, and you're almost kind of fighting for people's attention. And, uh, you know, I think that's a big thing that kind of goes unthought about. You're kind of in the kitchen with your head down cutting all day. And uh, you kind of forget that, you know, there's this other world out there, all these other, you know, you got the next generation, Gen Z, uh, you know, they're on their phones constantly and you you have to appeal to them as well. Um, and also to the older crowd too, you know, there's other ways, you know, cause, uh, not everybody's on social media. So, you know, it helps have, you know, the business cards It helps to, you know, have an email list, um, really any way that you can, uh, get to these people and get their attention. Um, I feel like is massive. And, um, you know, like I said, there's just, there's a lot of cooks and chefs out there who have, you know, they have all the drive, they have the skill that, um, the techniques, but they just don't have, kind of the marketing uh mindset of how do I get this out there and and um actually be seen so so I want to I actually I want to hit on that real quick because I think you guys all do a very good job on social media and of marketing your businesses but like you just said Colin there are a lot of places especially restaurants I would say with food trucks you kind of have to figure it out but there are a lot of restaurants who don't do that very well they'll post the same pictures over and over again They'll post two or three times a week and it's super inconsistent. They'll have people messaging them saying, hey, when are you open? Because they're not posting their hours or or where they're going to be popping up. How did you guys learn to become good marketers of your business? I think just like from following my like favorite restaurants on uh, Instagram and kind of just imitating, um, you know, I'm 28 years old. I kind of grew up with the Internet as well. So um, just kind of seeing uh, some of the coolest places that I like and just kind of applying that to my business as well. So for me, it was more just like putting myself out there. Um, you know, uh, like I, I do all the wonton John's posts and everything and, you know, I'm unapologetically me and all of them. And I think a lot of people, um, really like that initially cause I don't have a chef background. I didn't have any kind of really cooking experience at all when I started. Um, you know, and I, and I just, 
uh, kind of put my vibe out there and, you know, just put my food out there for people. And it was something unique with the wontons that people really hadn't seen before. So um, I made sure, again, um, with the food photos and everything, like you were saying, like the layers of food, like different colors on top and different ingredients and different, you know, um, you know, a zigzag or a circle on certain wontons, depending on whatever the garnish was and make sure that it pops in photos. And when people get their plate, you know, it's more of a wow factor and something people will remember. Um, and, and again, same with the food truck, that's, we, we operate a little, a little bit differently in terms of, you know, how, uh, how we act with our customers and how we interact. It's more of a, a personal, um, per- personal thing rather than just like, you know, by the book, this is how you should act. This is how you should talk to your customers. It's like, you know, I'm me, my employees are them and we let everybody be themselves. And that's how our social media is as well. I think that's helped a lot. Yeah, I think that's something that's helped me as well, like the BU. You know, it's it's obviously, you know, there's time and place for certain things to, you know, but in general, it's like you said, I, everything we post, it's us. It's not trying to be something we're not. And uh, for me, um, because I was doing music when I was younger and I had a lot of friends in the in the in local music scene, I honestly, they were already going to the restaurants with my dad because my dad had it back then and I was working right there. So I was lucky enough to transition everything that I knew that and knew people from the music side locally. I just started telling them, hey, remember my dad used to make food? I'm about to start making food too. And they're like, oh, is it the same? Like he was like, yeah, pretty much it's going to be the same thing. It's his tradition, me carrying it on from there on. And it, it worked out. Um, I approached the marketing the same way that I knew, which was I would do events, I'd do shows, and I, like I said, I would do flyers and then online and then send them to my buddies, or I'll just give a lot of phone calls or word of mouth. You know, that's one of the things I don't do is um, I get a lot of emails. You want to advertise here, you want to advertise there, you want to advertise there, and I purposely would would say no because. I just wanted it to be a situation where if you knew of my spot, then you were lucky. And if you didn't, then you better find somebody that knows. And that's how I've done it to this day. And to this day, it's made it why that's why I feel like it's what it is, because unless somebody knows how to take you there, it's going to be hard for you to find it. And it's part of the adventure. You know, it's it's called Alley Taco. My dad started in the alley. I put the truck in that same alley that he started selling back in 94. Um, and when you get there, it's almost like a backyard kickback cookout type thing. Just the food trucks in the in the alley right there waiting for you. And people bring their families and they I got a tent right there that people can sit there and hang out. Um, and, yeah, I just try to make it fun, make it fun that way and have people have a good experience so that when they leave, they're like, you won't guess where I was at. I was in the middle of South Omaha in an alley getting served some tacos in a sketchy looking truck. And I'm like, and it becomes a story. And I've read the posts from the people that go to the to my location and the way they write it, it's like, oh, that's that's what I was going for. And like, there's a person that came, it's cause there's, and if you can't fit, if it's two packed in the back, they park in the front. And the only way to get to the back is either doing a long way around the, the the block or what everybody now does that knows is you can just cut through the house that it's in the back of or the next house. And it's like almost like in a big city how the houses are literally next to each other and you just go down and you turn. So 
there was a post where a gentleman, or I can't remember who it was, but somebody was saying, was it you or somebody? I can't remember if somebody was saying that. I think I'm trespassing by going down here. And it was like, no, 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 you're good. Everybody knows this is part of the neighborhood and it makes it fun. It's, it's like a little adventure. I can confirm every bit of what he's saying right now because yeah, it was, it was word of mouth. People, Tim Maids, I'm always giving him shout outs on this podcast, but he's always sending me to good restaurants. He kept telling me, he was like, dude, you got to check out LA Taco. You got to check out LA Taco. So one Sunday I was, I was like, yes, we're doing it. So I came, like I put it in my, put the address in my GPS. I was going to go get tacos for Sarah and I, and I just, I pulled up to this, this house and I was like, I think it's here. I don't see a food truck. And yeah, I'm just kind of like, it's like stumbling around. Then I'm going down this alley and I'm like, I don't know if somebody's going to come out and like pepper spray me or if I'm going to get tacos here. It's one or the other. But that one, but when you find it, it is like, it's such a jovial, like, I mean, I'm sure anyone can tell just by the way that you are approaching this conversation, this podcast, you're just a fun, like a big personality. And that's what it felt like down there. It was just like so welcoming. And you, it was a cold day. You even gave me like a free Mexican hot chocolate. You're just like, dude, you look cold here, have this. (laughs) And it was awesome. And it does like, it kind of creates that almost like a legend and almost like a, if you know, you know, kind of, uh, kind of vibe where if you do go to Ali taco and you find it, and then you eat these awesome tacos and your torta is just fantastic. Like there's almost like a sense of accomplishment to it. And then you want to tell other people because you're like, I just found something really cool. You're not going to believe where it was. So I think that that's something that's really important really for any restaurant, but for, I would say food trucks, especially because you're not in the same, you're not necessarily, you can be, but you're not in the same location every day, all the time. Like Somebody's not driving to work every day and seeing the same restaurant and saying, oh, I should, I should go there. I think it's really important for food trucks to have that brand or that something special to it, that unique personality. And you just talked, Rolando, about how you kind of built that with your truck. Colin and John, I would love to, and you guys both touched on this a little bit, but just dive a little bit deeper. How did you kind of come up with the brand for Moots and for Wonton John's and and build that unique personality where it's not just somebody's just coming and grabbing wontons or a pizza, but they're kind of understanding this is what makes Moot special. This is what makes Wonton John special. Uh, well, for me, I mean, I, I made the wontons for my buddy's 4th of July party uh, one year, and everybody just loved them. Before that, I'd always wanted to do a breakfast burrito truck, um, and everybody loved the wontons. Like I went to the store, got more stuff, and made more wontons for that party. Uh, and then, you know... I was talking to my buddy, just drinking at a music festival, actually, um, and trying to come up with the name. And then he's like, you got to do the wontons. And I was like, okay, you know, and, you know, I thought we were just kind of, you know, BSing uh, or whatever. And then he's like, wonton Johns, it rhymes, like you have to do it. And I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And so literally you could put anything in a wonton. So basically I just took all the foods that I like to eat and put them in a wonton shell and then, um, you know, I wanted to make it fast and easy to eat, you know, on the go at a music festival, things like that. And so um, it, it was just kind of fitting for, you know, the the vibe I was going for. Um, again, the name rhymes. Uh, we made a cool wonton guy with sunglasses, um, you know, to kind of uh, portray the image we were trying to portray. Just kind of like a chill, chill vibe. Um, and that's what we were going for. And, you know, you can build a flight of four wontons. Cause I, when I go to a restaurant, that's how I like to eat. Like I'll always order two or three things and I'll take some home. If I, 
you know, sometimes I won't, but, <laughs> but, you know, I always like to try different things on the menu. I hate having to pick one thing on a menu. And so that's why we developed it. So you get to choose four different kinds of wontons. You can get all one kind if you want, but, um, you can try a bunch of different things. And so, you know, I, I just designed it the way I like to eat. Uh, and I guess to touch on what you were saying real quick, um, kind of like how you're like back in this backyard, you got to sneak through an alley. I think that all like builds up this great, like memorable story and experience that you actually remember. So like when you eat a, a taco next time, you think like, oh, remember when I was like going through that backyard and, you know, I, you have this whole story. Same with like, uh, you know, most of the food truck. It's like, you know, I was out walking my dog and, you know, I stumbled upon this and, you know, I think it, it just has this great story and it's super memorable. And I feel like there's just a lot of food out there that we eat daily that's really forgettable uh, that, like, you know, 10 years from now, we won't even have a clue that we even ate it that day. Um, but I guess as far as, like, with uh, Moats and the branding, uh, Moats was, like, a childhood uh, nickname for me. And uh, it was kind of like a, this form of, like, baby talk that my parents would, like, you know, talk with me, and it kind of morphed into Moats. And uh, it kind of came around and bit me because, like, in Jersey, they, they refer to mozzarella as Moats. Uh, so it kind of works out with the concept. Um and I've always, I've always liked it. Um, and I used to work in another kitchen, uh, with another chef named Colin. And, uh, so it, Colin Kentop, uh, and so there was two Colins, so they always referred to me as Moots and him Colin. Um, and so a lot of like the kitchen dudes and in the scene, they all started referring to me as Moots. And so when I started a pizza pop-up called Moots, it wasn't, you know, out of the ordinary or anything. Everyone kind of already knew me as Moots, um, and yeah, I love the name, you know, it works with the concept. It's one easy syllable to remember. Um, and yeah. Well, I'd say you won out in that one because you got the name Moots. And if Colin starts a food truck, it's just going to be called Colin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> That's not nearly as catchy. Right, yeah. Hey there, listeners. We'll get back to my guest in a minute, but I got to remind you one more time about certified Piedmontese. There are certain moments in your life that are so remarkable, you'll just never forget them. I distinctly remember the first time that I watched LeBron James play basketball and the first time I saw the original Star Wars. The sheer awe I had in those moments changed the way I look at basketball and movies, respectively, moving forward. The same goes to steak, thanks to certified Piedmontese. The rib cap at Casa Bovina is so rich, decadent, and fork tender that it is seared into my brain. But you don't have to dine at Casa Bovina to have that same life-changing experience. This beef is so delicious, even the average home cook can look like a superstar using these steaks, roasts, and ground beef. Trust me, I know from experience. Check out all the options on CertifiedPiedmontese.com and use my promo code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, for 25% off your order. It's time to start creating new beef-centric memories that'll stay with you forever. And now, back to my guest. Uh, I would love to, and John, you talked about this a little bit earlier, but I'd love to talk about the reality of serving food on a food truck because it's not like a kitchen. You guys don't necessarily have, you know, you might, you might have a small stove. You might not, um, you know, you have to prep a lot more food ahead of time. Uh, you know, like, like you said, there, there might be less planning and ordering. You might sell out more, but just kind of like, what are the realities of like prepping food ahead of time, cooking to order? Like just what are, 
Well, however you want to take that question, just preparing to go and serve food on the truck, what is that like? Well, for, for us, with the wontons, we prep everything ahead of time because we're, we want it to be fast um, because typically, again, we're, we're working a lot of larger events and things like that. So when we're doing the wontons, everything's prepped ahead of time. Um, so it's a lot of timing because obviously you don't want to prep it at 8 in the morning if you're not serving until 2. So it's like we need to start it at just the right time so when we get it on the food truck it's still fresh and good to go and for the event when we're at festivals we'll bring more equipment and we'll actually fire stuff on the food truck because on the eight hour day you're not going to cook everything in the morning and you know serve it eight hours later so um that gets interesting our food truck is more of a blank canvas it's all countertop space you've you've been in it Mm -hmm. um so we've done a lot of different things i've had a griddle on there i've done a fryer on there we don't fry the wontons we bake them but um you know i've done like Frenchie pop-ups and burrito pop-ups and burgers and um so you, you know that it's a it's a lot more planning because again you have to bring everything with you you're not going to be able to run to the walk-in and grab anything um you have to have all your tools and and backup tools in case something breaks or something you know you drop something on the ground you need to have more with you um and and that that's all a learning process too you know obviously like the first month or two around the food truck there was a lot of times i ran out of things way too early or didn't have the proper equipment and made things a lot harder so um it's just a a lot of learning on the fly and then a lot of remembering that the next time because there's other times you like that happened last time too and i forgot you know so it's just a lot of uh tweaking and until you really find your rhythm and find out what works for your truck and and the types of events you're going to be working because obviously going to a brewery is a lot different than working the Omaha Summer Arts Festival, you know, and so you have to kind of um, change what you're doing based off of where you're at. Yeah, yeah I I think he hit it great. Um, you know, speed is the name of the game, especially with the food truck. Um, and like you said, we got like nine months of the of the year, and of those nine months are usually hot and cold, you know, and humid. And um, so people they they need to be quick. You know, they don't want to be outside too long. It's kind of this like you don't call in your order. Uh, but you go there, and so there, that, there's like a five-minute window you kind of want to keep with people. And uh, I, I think with the food trucks, it really comes down to you need to have like a bulletproof system. Um, you know, and we are confined, at least for me in this little food truck here. It's a transit van that um, I built out myself. And, you know, I was telling him earlier I was sitting on my computer in a program uh, with the blueprints of the truck and, you know, the dimensions of all the tables and the fridges and, uh, you know, I think it all just comes down to planning and having those systems in place, uh, you know, and I think it, it, it you can never really blame the person. It, it's always the system that they're following. So, um, you know, I think if Moots can have a solid system, uh, I think anybody, doesn't matter who you are, uh, should be able to come into your position and be able to uh, execute it just like anyone else would. And also, I think, you know, I try not to put like stress on anybody. It should be a fun environment to work in. Uh, it shouldn't be stressful where anyone hates their job. Um, you know, and I think that's like the best part of it is like when you have these solid systems, people really enjoy working for you. They really want to be a part of your team. Uh, and yeah, it's just, I think it's really fulfilling to actually see your systems play out in real time and, and, you know, every, everybody really enjoying themselves, uh, being a part of it too. So, yeah, with my trick, it's, uh, it starts in the beginning of the week. Um, first thing Monday or Tuesday, it starts the phone calls to my butchers. I got three different 
meet guys I, I deal with to find out best pricing. Um, and then I start ordering things so that they'll be ready towards the end of the week. Just like he said, we like to prepare so that things are fresh when we open. Some of the things we can prepare ahead of time, all the meat we cut ourselves. I season myself. I cut it myself by by the machine, just like my dad did. I don't buy nothing cut. I just do it myself. It's just better for the price, better for for the way I'm serving it. And I've the 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 way the the taco truck works, at least for us, it's it gets hectic fast. And 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 as long as like he said, we have a system in place and that system, thankfully for me, I, I have the advantage that I'm following the same system that my dad was using back in the day. And I set it up the same way so that anytime an order comes, we already have everything. We know the routines. Everybody knows their position. We have uh, inside the truck. It's my wife in the front. I'm cooking. My nephew or my daughter's helping me prepare things the way I taught them how to do it. And the kitchen on Sundays, it's menudo Sunday, hot soups on Sunday. I have my, it's a family affair. I have my cousin's wife making fresh tortillas. So when you order the soup, you get handmade tortillas. Uh, my mom's over there cooking up some rice and beans, unless if we run out and stuff like that. Um, and that's the, like I said, that's that's the way we, we, we've done it. Um, it's a lot of prepping. If And luckily for me, I have that that luxury, right? I have the luxury of if I'm cooking and I'm selling good and out of nowhere, I'm out of Milanesa, which is like a breaded chicken sandwich. So I go ahead and send somebody of the family, hey, go down to the corner store in South Omaha. I'm lucky because all the corner stores everywhere, right? So I get to send somebody to the corner store, get a quick couple uh, already filleted chicken breasts and boom, 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 bread them right then and there, make a couple stacks and we keep that keep that going for that day. Sometimes, like he says, if it sells out, it sells out. And I like to use that as a positive thing. So when I put that on social media, I was like, "Hey, next time, make sure we got we got extra asada because we sold out last week." That it's like almost like okay, I wonder why it sold out. So now they come in to taste it, and then it's like, all right, cool. And so I mean, I I, I like to prepare. It's it's always like every week, and it's all week. It's it just never stops, honestly. You just rolled exactly into the next question that I wanted to ask because I'm fascinated in this balance between, especially for food trucks, selling out and being able to sell more food because there's there's pros and cons to each. Obviously, if you sell out, you, you can't sell any more food. So that's putting a cap on how much you can earn that day. And there might be more people in line or more people who might order who don't get a chance and that's profit left. But if you sell out, you get to, that's like a badge on social media where it's like, sorry guys, we're all sold out. And that creates FOMO for everybody else. Yeah. And it's just like, well, shoot, this place is sold out three times this week. This must be really good. I'm going to get there earlier next time. So what, as you're trying to decide how much food to order and how much food to prep, what's that balance between, I want to maximize my profit, but I also want to be able to create that sellout mentality where if you want to get a mood pizza, if you want to get some wontons, or if you want to get menudo, you got to get there fast. Yeah. What's that balance like? It's uh, that there's a learning curve to that too. Yeah. Um, you know, when we first started, we sold out a lot. Um, but obviously you want to maximize again, we have a short season to work with. We can't operate 
we don't operate seven days a week, 12 months out of the year. So when we get the truck out, we need to maximize how much money we make. We definitely don't like leaving money on the table. Now, if we sell out, like we sell out a lot of the zoo, but we sell out like 15 or 20 minutes before, which is perfect, you know, because we've sold for pretty much the entirety of the event and we're not wasting any food because with, especially, um, you know, with our model where we do prep a lot of food ahead of time, um, you know, I'm not going to reheat that stuff the next day and throw it back on the food truck. It's, you know, it's done. So if we, if we do have a lot of food left over, then that's waste, which also cuts into your profits. So there's a fine balance, obviously, like in initially it was good to sell out a lot and post that on social media. But I feel like four years in, if I'm posting out, Hey, we sold out in an hour, you know, like, I just feel like for me, that shows that I, I did something wrong there because now I've worked enough events um, you know, I kind of know what to expect in the difference of a brewery or a music festival or the zoo, you, you, you know, e- each event has a different kind of uh, ratio. Um, you know, I, I did an event out in uh, Colorado. So that was, that was interesting because I had to prep a ton of stuff and then figure out the best way to, you know, kind of heat that stuff on the truck um, over a, th- a three day music festival in the mountains in Colorado, where the closest place was about 45 minutes away. Um, you know, and so you come up with different strategies of having, you know, backups. Like I bought an extra deep freeze and had things like that to where I thought out and I did sous vide back to temp, which, you know, keep, keeps the quality a, a lot better and things like that. So you just come up with different ways to really maximize, um, the amount of food that you can sell, um, but not have too much waste, you know? So it's, it's just, it's a juggling act. It's, it's very interesting. Whereas like at the restaurant, um, you know, it's a lot easier cause we'll, we'll get prepped for the day. And if we have a big rush, we can just fire more food real quick and grab it. Um, and you know, you, you just can't do that with a food truck. So it's a, it's a lot of learning. You know, I've, I've wasted a lot of food and I've definitely left a lot of money on the table. That's the, that's the bad part. Like of selling out, like, I, like he was saying, um, cause it'll sell out good. Let's just say it sells out good for the whole month. Right. And everything's good. You're buying, you're buying, you think it's going to keep that. Then all of a sudden it dries up. It's somewhat selling. It's still selling consistent, but now you were prepping because you were consistently selling out. And like you said, some the the, the worst part is when you got left over too much stuff. And I'm like, dang, I shouldn't order so much this time. But then I always tell myself, okay, cool. The good thing is I didn't like for us. We don't cook at all until you know the the way the 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 way the clients are coming in for that day is how I'm approaching what I'm cooking. Um, so I'm not going to cook everything right away. I'm not gonna, it's, it's almost like made to order, uh, half of the time, uh, majority of the time I should say actually. And so that allows me that if I do buy too much meat, the rest of it didn't get cooked off and it's going to get used up for the next weekend, thankfully in those areas, but in other areas such as like vegetables and th- you only got a certain shelf life between before it starts getting bad and stuff like that. And I don't like you know, like, cause I'm so into the colors and the vibrancy of it. Like once it starts losing that, I don't like giving it out to anybody. Cause it just doesn't look the same. Like cilantro, I like it when it's nice and fresh and bright and green. If you leave it too much, it starts getting dark. It starts getting black and it's no more good. And, you know, it loses for me at least. And same thing with, you know, the cebolla, the cebolla, you cut it, it's nice and fresh and, you know, crispy, leave it too long. It starts getting moist, starts getting stinky, turns yellow sometimes. It's like, nah, I don't want to use it. But I can still use that, for instance. So there's no waste. I'll use that cebolla, that onion, 
and I'll throw it into my Al Pastor, which is my marinated pork, because that's part of that recipe anyways. Um, and it'll give it a great taste when you saute the onions, it gets sweet and then gives that flavor to the pork as well. The cilantro, we'll just throw it into once it starts getting to a certain point and it's still usable, obviously we'll use that for the guacamole sauce. And that way we try not to waste anything and try to use as much as we can before it's not usable. That, that's, that's a big thing too, is just the cross utilization of ingredients. You come, you come really creative and like, you know, we, I've, I've created entire dishes just based off of like, okay, I use this and that, but like, I'd like to push through that further, you know, faster to make sure, you know, we're not wasting it because like crab at one point, you know, uh, in the last couple of years, it was like $22 a pound. So that's why I started selling the crab rangoon grilled cheese. Cause we had the crab rangoon wonton. I just wanted to get it in more things and Food uh, so crazy right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's just all over the place. So yeah, just cross utilization. So. Uh, you know, you guys had some great points. Um, I'll say, like, with the food truck, you, you can't place a reservation, really. Um, so it is kind of a guessing game. You know, what are my parts today? Um, and, you know, f- for the food truck, I would always maximize how much I can do. Uh, and on- obviously, no one wants to leave, you know, people. Uh, you Because, know, like, with the food truck, uh, I'll typically post ahead of, like, hey, this is where you can find me, right? Like, a week ahead. So people have their busy schedules. They'll say... You know, oh, Moots is going to be here Saturday. Let's plan for being there. So if they show up there late and I'm sold out, that could be a real bummer. Um, so uh, selling out is a good thing for me, but I always do feel bad for the people that, you know, they, they planned ahead, they got hyped up, and then they're kind of like, oh, I was too late. Um, so I do always try to, to try and make as more as I can. If I sell out, is there any way I can maximize uh, any more? Um, and I'm running into the same issue at the restaurant now, um, which I didn't think I would where, um, you know, I'm full capacity, uh, I'm doing, you know, 10 times as much pizza out of the restaurant and, uh, I'm still dealing with this issue of, uh, of running out. And, uh, you know, I'm at the point where my walk-in's completely full. I'm using as many dough trays as I could, uh, get, uh, as far as ordering, I'm telling everybody like, give me all you can get. And then I'm telling my cooks, prep as much as you can prep, like don't stop. Uh, so, um, you know, with the with the food truck, you know, you guys had good points too, is, uh, you know, we may only be out like one day a week uh, that week. So you had to prep smart of, you know, there is no carryover food onto this next week. You know, with the restaurant, you have this day-by-day cycle where you can kind of keep a, a cycle of ingredients and stuff going. With the food truck, you have like one set day. Let me try and sell everything this day. After that, everything that's left has, has to go, which sucks if there is leftover. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, selling out is a good thing. Uh, to me, it always kind of kills me, though, because uh, I know there's people out there that plan hard. They have busy lives uh, and, you know, they, they set apart a time to finally try, uh, you know, and you, you finally got them to come to your, to your spot. You finally, you know, did it and uh, and you weren't there to execute for them. So I do always kind of feel bad. Uh, for people that you know miss out, uh, but like he, like you're just saying, you know, supply and demand. You have a great product, you're gonna have a high demand. So um, you know, and I, I'm still you know finding ways of how can we do more? How can we do more? So you know, if selling out is the problem, uh, you know, how can we fix it? I had a really interesting conversation with another food truck owner of a food truck called the Dire Lion on my podcast a couple months ago. And this is a food truck that sells British pub food. So 
this is a food that he's passionate about, but he's like, does anyone else in Omaha want fish and chips? Does anyone know what a scotch egg is? Does anyone want bangers and mash? I have no idea if this concept is any good. I like it. Does anyone else like it? Now, if he's going to open a restaurant, that comes with a lot of overhead, uh, just all kinds of issues and everything. A food truck, like I talked about, yes, there's costs, but it comes at a little bit lower entry point. It kind of allows you to test the concept a little bit before maybe you decide, yes, this is a success. Maybe I open a brick and mortar. How important was it for you guys to kind of have the food truck as that proving ground to say, I think wontons are an awesome idea and people are really going to love this, but I don't know that. So like, let's, let's test it in a truck before we go full scale restaurant. How important is that? Uh, yeah, for me, I, I did that with the pop before even the food truck. My testing was the pop-ups at the breweries. Um, cause I really didn't know if people were going to want the wontons, you know, it's, de- it's definitely like a very unique food. Um, and you know, it, it, it takes a lot of work. So that's why our price point is where it is because each wonton is essentially a composed dish, you know? And so, uh, you know, when you just look at them, it doesn't seem like that much food, but it's actually almost like a half pound of food on each plate of wontons. But so I wasn't sure if people were willing to pay what I needed to charge for the wontons. And so, um, that we, we did the kind of proving ground uh, doing the pop-ups. Uh, and that was very important because then that, you know, gave me the confidence to make the investment in, um, getting the food truck and going full-time and, you know, give it, giving everything I had. Um, and, and for me, that was kind of the, the testing ground for that because brick and mortar was never really a goal of mine. It just kind of happened. Um, that wasn't, you know, what I was working towards. The food truck was the goal. I wanted to travel with it. So, um, but yeah, I did that testing in the, in the pop-up setting and that was, definitely a huge benefit um you know and it helped me you know run the food truck better when i got it i'll I'll say it's a great way to start um because essentially i consolidated a whole pizza concept into a ford transit van uh so if it should work in that van with one person uh i think it it would work great in any building with uh, a number of staff uh so i think it's you know it's great and when i turned to opening the the restaurant uh, there were uh, subtle changes to the concept, and I, I was thinking, you know, why would we take away some of these changes that, um, you know, applied to the van? You know, if it works so great out of the van, why would we change anything? So uh, the concept is very similar uh, in the restaurant uh, as a food truck. Opposed, now we have a, a dining room where people can sit and eat the pizza. Uh, but I'll say, uh, you know, with the food truck, it I think it it really hashes out what's important and it's the food uh, and also the, the process of, of how it gets out. And uh, like I said, just consolidation and uh, and finding what's important and applying that to a bigger space then. Yeah, with us, it was, I got lucky, like I said, with me having both parents that like to cook at home, I was able to taste what they liked and I, and that's the same food that we decided to sell. Um, the newer things that are coming out now the food truck is where I do test out. An example was the birria, the quesavirria tacos that you guys, I don't know if anybody's seen on social media, but they're the fried um, barbacoa. It's like shredded beef and cheese, and then you fry it together and you dip it in its own uh, um, broth. That, I've never, I never tried selling it. We would eat it all the time. I remember even, just because my mom, you know, mom's always like to make sure that we don't fall on her face. So he's like, 
hey, mijo, you sure you want to do this? And you haven't tried it yet? And I was like, nah, let me let me do it, mom. Let me try it. It's like, I could do it. And he's like, so I just started researching and I, I, I tried cooking it. First time I tried it, it all sold out. I was like, all right, snap, I got it. I was like, okay, we're going we're gonna to do this. Same thing, uh, I, I wanted to try Philly one day and I did it with my meat. Cause I, I mean, I'm used to tasting the Philly in general, how it's tasted, but I was like, man, I wonder what it tastes like with my asada. And I bought the the bread and I got some cheese uh, from Restaurant Depot and I just tried it. It it did pretty well, you know what I mean? I, I didn't keep it on there, but I just wanted to just test it just to see what it was like. That one did pretty well. And I got so many ideas of different things that I want to do that I'm holding off until the building. Um, it's, some are drinks, some are frozen drinks that are mixing different cultures in that, you know, with, that you haven't heard of yet with horchata and my, my, my flavored waters, um, mixed with things like, you know, like I'll throw one out here, you know, I, I don't, I don't give ideas too much, but like one of my things is like a frozen drink with Mexican drinks mixed with boba tea, the popping boba balls, you know what I'm saying? And I have that whole concept written out, ready to go. Um, I got some other stuff and it's like the food truck allows me to try that and make it like a special, you know what I mean? That way I don't feel bad if it doesn't sell. I I use, I make a special. This is my special for today. Nopales was one of those, which was a cactus. I had a lot of vegetarian people that would come and would ask for veggie things and I didn't have anything. And I it was oblivious to me that my mom and everybody at the house would always eat when they would feed the guys, usually traditionally, at least in my house, the guys would get all the meat. And, 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 the, and you know, because it's like they're super old school and that my mom and the ladies would more make their own stuff too. But they would always like more vegetarian stuff. And they would always eat cactus. And so I was like, man, why don't we make cactus tacos and I'll try it out. And it sold so well that now it's part of the menu. And now anybody that's a vegetarian, they get the cactus tacos. And we prepare those totally different. Big old taco and cactus, pico de gallo, everything's cut by hand, you know, and it's it's made the same way I was I was eating it when we were growing up. And I think that's one of the things that helps out, you know, with the testing is the fact that my our, our recipes stay the same. Um, the new ones I try to try to make my own, but for the most part, I like to stick with what works and what I know tastes good. It's awesome. So we're we're running up on the hour mark here, and I want to make sure that we leave time for the live Q&A section. But there's one more question I got to ask you guys. So if I can get maybe like a 60-second or less answer from everybody. If somebody is in the room right now, and they come up to you right now, and they say, hey, I'm, I'm interested in opening a food truck. What's the number one piece of advice you can give to me? What would you tell them? And your advice can't be, don't do it. Uh, <laughs> Other than that. Be prepared uh, to sacrifice. Okay. Uh, I would say start a website, uh, start every social media, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, get an email list, get business cards, um, and yeah, spam people and don't stop. Like Dan said, don't be repetitive with your content. Uh, Try to switch up your content, whether it's like your face, the pizza, you know, the product. And I I always try to uh, focus mainly on what you're selling. you know, I see like some restaurants will like post a picture of their bathroom or something and it's like, why aren't you selling food? Like what's, uh, so I guess just like really focus on like what you're selling, uh, and be very clear to, you know, what it is. 
Yeah, I would, I would recommend maybe uh, reaching out to some food trucks and working on a couple um, and trying it out. Make sure it's something they really want to do because you have to. Like, it's got to be something you really want to do or it's not going to work. Like, you have to be passionate about it. You have to be willing to make the sacrifices from time, money, you know, relationships, family. Like, you're going to lose a lot of time with a lot of stuff that you're used to having time for. Um, and it's, it's hectic. You got to be able to operate in that, um, you know, that setting. And for me, like I operate very well in chaos, like I thrive in chaos and it can be kind of chaotic because, uh, it, it changes a lot. And so, you know, I've had a lot of people reach out to me and ask me about starting a food truck. And I've had actually a couple of people come work on the food truck, um, you know, and be like, wow, it's a lot more work than, you know, I thought it was. So before making that investment, I'd say, try it out. I'm, i I know I would be willing to let um, somebody come work on my truck for, you know, a couple of weeks and check it out. And uh, I'm sure most food truck owners would as well. So I, I would say dip your toe in before jumping full in because it is it is a commitment. It's a lifestyle. for Sure. Well, that is great advice and a perfect way to cap this podcast. I know I've learned a lot during this hour. Um, I hope that the people who are here live, the people who are watching, the people who are listening, they've, they've learned a lot, too. Everyone, I cannot vouch for these three spots any higher, and not just because I love these dudes as people, but their food is awesome too. So Instagram, Facebook, Alley Taco four zero two, Moots, and Wonton Johns. Follow them. You're going to see great content, and if you go to their establishments, you're going to get great meals. Rolando, Colin, John, thank you so much for your time tonight. Thank this you. is a Monday off for you guys. Thank, thank you guess. so much for making this happen. Big lift. And Omar, as always, thanks for eating with us. A Huda Media Production.